The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus passed through towns and villages, teaching as he went, and making his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few people be saved? He answered them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. After the master of the house has arisen and locked the door, then will you stand outside knocking and saying, Lord, open the door for us. He will say to you in reply, I do not know where you are from. And, when, and you will say, we ate and drank in your company, and you taught in our streets. Then he will say to you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. And there will be wailing and grinding of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves cast out. And people will come from the east and the west, and from the north and the south, and recline at table with the, in the kingdom of God. For behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. I think it's normal for us to be a little bit territorial. My experience growing up in a small town in Oregon, uh, we were always a little bit suspicious of the kids from other towns or the neighboring communities. You see, we competed against them in sports. We went to different schools. We attended different churches. Our little town was all we really knew. The businesses, the parks, the festivals, all the various traditions we had in our community. We knew that there was something special about our experience. This is the same for the people of Israel, only on a much larger scale, expanding from a small town in Oregon to an entire nation, an entire culture, a religion. The Israelites knew that there was something unique, something special about them, and there was. Of all the peoples of the world, all the nations, throughout all of the course of human history, God chose the Israelite people to reveal himself to in a very unique and a very special way. We don't need to recount the entire story of salvation history to know that this is true. We know that they had a very intimate and sometimes uh, tumultuous relationship with the Lord. This relationship between God and his chosen people fostered a sense of privilege. It set them apart from other people, apart from their neighbors. They were suspicious of other peoples, not only because of the history of warfare between Israel and the neighboring countries, but due to what they understood to be that unique and privileged relationship with God. And for this reason, the prophecy of Isaiah that we heard in the first reading was very challenging for the people of Israel. It says this, 
Thus says the Lord, I come to gather nations of every language. They shall come and see my glory. Perhaps like jealous children, the Israelites might have responded with suspicion and contempt. But how can our God not favor us? He has made his covenant with us, and we have fought to uphold this covenant. We've striven to try to maintain that relationship with the Lord. How could he betray us by inviting in our enemies, these people of foreign lands and foreign nations and foreign tongues? When I was in seminary, a friend of mine, his name was, we called him Izzy, his name was Isidore, he's from Samoa. He said to me one day, he said, you know, Dustin, you really need to learn Samoan. It's like, well, why would I have to speak Samoan? And he said to me, well, because that's the language they speak in heaven. I was like, oh boy, I guess I better start, I, best I, I better start studying. It was a funny joke, but it also sheds light on that kind of innate prejudice that we have that's common today. And it was common today, and it was common thousands of years ago during the time of Isaiah. It's hard for us to grasp the scope of the kingdom of God. But what a beautiful community we have here in St. Cecilia's weekend after weekend. We can come here on a mass like we're at right now and look around and see all of the cultural heritage on display. Peoples gathered here in this nation, the United States, who have traveled from so far to seek opportunity, to seek uh, liberty and justice and freedom and good good jobs and healthcare, all the things that come with being here, but particularly in this church, in the Catholic Church, God gathers people from every nation. Many different tongues gather together here today. And although we speak English at this Mass, I'm not sure that that's the language they speak in heaven, but, you know, I'd be a little preferential if that were the case. So it brings about a question or maybe a problem, do we put borders on the kingdom of heaven? Do we tend to limit the scope of God's reach in his plan of salvation? It's just something important to, to keep in the back of our minds. So one danger might be trying to restrict the size of God's chosen people, but another equally important danger that's highlighted in today's scripture is that oftentimes we take our citizenship in that kingdom for granted. We assume because God has spoken to us at this mass, through our lives, that somehow we're already part of that kingdom. We've got that ideology that the Israelite people had as well. Well, he's revealed himself to me through the scriptures, so therefore I must be a part of this kingdom. And so we become a little bit complacent. Many of us grew up within the Catholic faith. We were baptized as infants. We received all our, all our sacraments, and we come to Mass regularly. We become comfortable in a certain way of life, even complacent regarding our relationship with the Lord. We might say, along with those in the parable, we ate and drank in your company. You taught in our streets. As if that would be sufficient as if just having heard Jesus' voice or ate 
imagine like the, the kind of meals, like the meals where he fed thousands. If just one of those people was like, I, I was sitting in that crowd, don't you know me? Don't you know me because you came and you preached in my streets? Jesus in, in today's gospel takes the scope from being a broad national, linguistic, territorial view down to the individual. Because the person asks him, will many be saved? Will it not be the case that are all of these people going to be saved? And instead of answering yes, to the ends of the earth, people will be saved, he focuses down on the individual. And he says, you, strive to enter through the narrow gate. Strive to enter into the narrow gate. Don't be complacent. Don't think that just because you're part of this great country that you're automatically purchased into salvation. Just because you attend St. Cecilia's Church instead of Pius X, you're, you've got the, the fast track to salvation. His plan is so much broader. And he wants to draw us into that intimate relationship. That's what he wants us to strive for, to draw close to him. Doing the minimum is not enough. And expecting the Lord to come to us and to dine with us and to be the only one, the only protagonist in this story, the only one that comes to save us, that's true he does. But like any important relationship, like every important relationship, especially the most important ones in our lives, it takes effort on both sides. First, he comes to us and he reveals himself to us and he gives us his grace, and he gives us our faith. But then we have to reciprocate. We have to enter into communication. This is about communion, right? We come to Mass to enter into communion with God, and a part of that communion is communicating back with him, making effort to speak out to him. In a marriage, within a family, with your friends or your coworkers or your fellow students. In each relationship, there is an effort required on our part to nourish it, to sustain it, to help it grow. If the relationship is really important to us, we're willing to even fight for it. If your relationship is really important, you're willing to fight for it. Think of your marriages, think of your friendships, think of the love you had for your children. We'll strive to do our part, not only to sustain it, but to make it better. This is what the Lord expects of us. And this is why Jesus tells us, strive to enter through the narrow gate. Strive to do what is sometimes very difficult. He wants us to desire a deeper and a better relationship with him, to come to know him better, but also that he would know us. You can listen to someone speak forever and come to know about them, but if you don't ever respond to them or enter into a dialogue with them or, or reach out and strive to enter into that relationship with them, they'll never know you. They might know your face, but they, will they know your name? Will they know where you're from? Will they know your history? Will they know your joys or your sorrows or really intimately know you? And that's what the incarnation is all about. That's what Jesus Christ's invitation to us is all about. 
is an invitation into an intimate relationship with God. And then that same relationship with so many other people. If we take down the borders between us and God, and if we tear down the borders within our little happy circle of what constitutes the kingdom of God, we're opened up to a grand vision of God's kingdom. One that's rooted in intimate communication between us and others, despite language barriers, because love has no language, or love has a thousand languages. Recall the Israelites got their name from Jacob. Do you remember that story? After Jacob had stolen his birthright from Esau, and he was traveling all around, he got married, doing all these things. He's trying to reconcile his life. At some moment in Jacob's life, a man appears to him in the evening, and they get into a fight, and they're wrestling through the night. And Jacob's wrestling with this guy, and they're, they're putting up a big fight. And by the end of the night, Jacob gets his hip broken, and he's still, he's still struggling. You know, Even though he's, he's, not, he's not faring very well in this battle, he keeps struggling, struggling. And then in the morning, when dawn appears, the man reveals himself to be an angel of God, to be the voice of God himself. And he says to Jacob, your name shall no more be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Jacob became Israel because he strove he responded to that challenge of God, strive to enter through the narrow gate. He strove to enter into relationship with God and even wrestled with him and came out perhaps the loser or the winner. Depends how we look at it. But that's how he got his name. So the name Israel means those who strive for God. So the identity of the Israelite people is not so much linked to any language, any territory or land that they came from, any set of, of, of religious standards that God gave them, although these things are true attributes of the Israelite people, their identity comes from the fact that they have striven and continued to strive to be in relationship with God, no matter how the battle turns out. They always strive to be in relationship. Jesus says people will come from the east and from the west and from the north and the south and will recline at the table of the kingdom of God. To come from far off distances, to encounter and to enter into that relationship with God was not foreign to Israel, and it's not foreign to us either. It's not foreign to us either. To come from far off places or implies a certain amount of strife, a struggle, a strong desire to come into someplace new. So many of us, very, I would say very, very few of us in this place, did our families come from here in Oregon, right? We all had to make sacrifices to come here, to be here. And all of us, if we want to be in the kingdom of God, will have to do likewise. We'll have to enter into some kind of struggle, some kind of strife. There's some kind of 
striving that's necessary on our part to enter into that communion with God. So as we reflect on today's liturgy and, this, and the, the opportunity for us to come to God, to approach God in the sacrament, we can ask ourselves a few questions or perhaps give ourselves a couple challenges this week. You can choose your own adventure. The first would be, what are the borders of the kingdom of God in my life? And what I mean by that are, who are the people around me that I believe are the chosen people of God or have access to God's grace or are worthy of my time or are worthy of my compassion or are worthy of my care? When I look out in my little sphere of influence, in our little, little worlds, what's the, what's the border that we place? Who's the person that we're not willing to reach out to? The responsorial psalm says, go out to the ends of the earth and proclaim the gospel. What's that, what's that barrier that I'm not willing to strive to go past? Help God, let God help you identify that barrier and then strive to broaden it. Strive to reach out to someone who longs to come and make an offering to God. Because whether they know it or not, everyone in this world, on some deep level, is striving to encounter God. They just don't realize it. And they need us to reach out to them and go tell them the good news, that there is an answer for the longing in their heart. There is hope in this world. There is peace in God's kingdom. Second possible challenge, in what area of your life are you unwilling to strive to enter, bring God into? So often we can just compartmentalize our faith. So we say, okay, Sunday from 12.30 until 1.30, I give this over to God. And this is a moment when I encounter God. But this evening at 7.30, when my favorite program comes on, well, he's not invited because perhaps he wouldn't want to watch what I'm watching. Or maybe he's not invited into your workplace. He's not invited into your, at your dinner table. He's not invited into a particular area of your life. Strive in prayer to find that place in your relationship with God where you're not allowing him in. Strive to enter into a deeper relationship with God and to communicate with him. Listen to his word in the scriptures, yes. Hear his voice spoken on the streets. Come to mass, eat and drink at the table of the Lord but strive to get to know him and then strive to let him know you. So in your prayer, while, while the rosary is beautiful, while all of our devotions are beautiful, how much time do you spend just expressing who you are to God? He already knows you. He communicates. He's already created you. 
he's accompanying us. But what if you just spent some time in prayer just talking to him like you would a spouse whom you loved or your sister or brother or mother or father or best friend and said, Lord, today is just beautiful. I woke up on the right side of the bed and, and uh, I'm just, it's just awesome. You know, th- these exciting things are going on in my life, but you know, this is really kind of, this is bugging me and I don't know what to do about it. You know, I'm having a hard time at work, or my coworkers are driving me crazy, or I'm not doing well in school. Whatever it is, just communicate with the Lord so that He knows you. So that when you go to knock at the door, it'll be answered. And He'll say, Come in. I've been waiting for you. Instead of, Who are you? And where are you from? Today, the Lord is inviting us, no matter where we're from, to enter into his house, to strive to get to know him and let ourselves be known by him. And if we can do that right with God, think of what's possible within our community when you strive to do the same with those in your own life. If you can strive to be in good relationship with God, you can do so with your spouse, you can do so with your children, with your parents, with your neighbors, everybody, so that God's kingdom grows and spreads as all people come to the table of the Lord, come to offer themselves as sacrifice. That's what the first reading said. People from all nations of every language of all all these places will come to offer themselves to the Lord. And that's what we do today here at the Holy Mass. We offer all of these thoughts, all of these cares, all of these challenges, all of ourself to the Lord because he's offered himself to us.